That's amazing. No. Oh, is that our intro music? No. <laughs> no, that's the music that comes with the mixer. <laughs> Why do you have to be a joy kill? That's fun. I just wanted to get us in the mood to talk. Well, we're talking, and that's fun, so that can be our intro music. We'll see. Education is caught between the 18th century notion of the three R's and the 21st century explosion of technology, politics, and the need to prepare our kids for the ever-evolving global economy. We know parents and educators all want the same outcome for kids, happy, healthy, and independent young people, but how do we get there and what are the obstacles and pitfalls we face along the way? Join us as we ask the question, what's, what's best, best for kids? kids? All right, welcome to episode two of What's Best for Kids. <clears throat> We're back, and this topic... Is there a bigger one out there, in uh, education at least? You know, I think socio-emotional well-being and the impact of our mental health in the, all the manifestations of problems like we talked about with the, you know, the drug addiction and what have you, I think that could be a bigger issue, but that'll depend on whether or not Sarah Connor can successfully <laughs> escape wow. the paradigm. Okay, so what a, exactly one minute and 12 seconds was the first reference to the Terminator. <laughs> that gif of uh, me walking like the Terminator across the campus was funny. The damaged Terminator that, that will wounded. not stop moving forward. So, Connor, come with me. Yeah, so today to we're talking about artificial intelligence and specifically chat GPT and its potential impact on education. A big topic, a uh, scary topic. Um, there are three fears that all humans have. The fear of rejection, the fear of failure, and the fear of the unknown. Chat GPT is all three of those. It's the trifecta. <laughs> it's yeah. the sweet spot of my fears. I so, don't understand it. I don't know how to use it. I suck at it, and it scares me. Before we enter the future war that James Cameron uh, <laughs> prophesized for us so many years ago, uh, why don't we talk about exactly what artific artificial intelligence is, what ChatGPT is, so that everybody is using the same language, I think? Yeah. Um, <laughs> why don't you do that? <laughs> okay, I'll... I'll go ahead and handle that heavy lifting piece for you, Don. So, um, artificial intelligence. Where is that on the sheet? Where's the Where's the definition? Yeah. Well, did you the 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 goal here was to uh, just explain the, what we know about it? Oh, I, mean, I thought you wanted me to give an actual definition, like you'd written it down on the paper, and I didn't know where it was on the paper. No, I apologize for that. So. So everybody you, knows. Can he's, you, he's can got you edit the that notes that we've uh, put together that well, Don is reviewing and you, trying to be a good soldier? And I have tricked him by not putting the actual definition of artificial intelligence. No, you tricked me by asking me for it and handing me a piece of paper that I would think. But this is planned, but not canned. Well said. Hey, yeah, that's our new uh, our, our new um, uh, tagline. Season yeah. two, we've got intro music and a new tagline. Plan not canned. That's it. All right. So ChatGPT basically allows us to distill all of the writing and information on any given topic into a more digestible morsel. So, and it, let me add, different yeah. than AI and different yes. than Bing AI, ChatGPT is 
programmed up until 2021 so mm-hmm. that information after 2020 2021 would require plugins. Yeah, that information is not yet included. Correct. So, so like our podcast from last time about lessons learned from the pandemic, mm-hmm. ChatGPT has not downloaded our wisdom from our podcast into because it's after 2021. That's true, and it would need a transcript of that podcast to be included. But that's an example. So at some point, it will likely do that. That I'm would be included. ChatGPT is going to run right to our podcast, Absolutely. 100%. find the transcript. But you don't have to wait for ChatGPT. You can go back if you, you haven't heard yes. episode one, season two. It's on there. Yes. So <laughs> it is a time-saving tool. It is a way to uh, you know, put a question in, see what... A synopsis. Yeah. See what it, it spits back out, and then we have to decide whether it makes sense to us or not. But it also does things like you can ask it to write you a uh, retirement speech in Shakespearean uh, or Elizabethan language or, or in a, as a, a sonnet. or Yes, uh, if you want to use it for comedy or creative purposes, absolutely. You could put in divergent ideas and see what it spits out. Um, Shakespearean insults. You know, things like I'll that. I'll bite your kneecap. Right, right. And that wasn't Shakespeare. That was Monty Python. Close enough. They're both British, right? So. Same, same, same. <laughs> yeah, same thing. Um, but like, there's an existential fear of this right now. You said like it's it's got the the fear trifecta involved in it. But I, I really started thinking about this over the summer, and it, is it? Is it really that different than when we went from a card catalog to the internet? The same hyperbole about, uh, call back to last episode, mm-hmm. the use of hyperbole, uh, that was used about the internet is being used about ChatGPT and AI. Or probably likely TVs. And Yes. Um, Joe Walsh the said that... <laughs> wow, right into an Eagles reference? Okay. Uh, said, I'm not concerned about ChatGPT or AI until it can trash a hotel room and throw a TV out the window. Uh, and Wait, what, <laughs> let me get this straight. You have a quote from Joel Walsh about AI? I came, Just, I came prepared. Wow. <laughs> that, okay. But, and it's not so different from what Jim Morrison said back in 1968. About ChatGPT? <laughs> No, about computers and music. Okay. But it was a very similar thing. Yeah. It's like you can't... And Freddie Mercury said something very similar in, in 85 when he was at Live Aid. Uh, not not while he was performing at Live Aid. Yeah, that would have been boring. <laughs> yeah. He gives a lecture about... <laughs> Chat GPT. Computers but, and music. But again, it's like... Um, well, I'd, I'd say it like this. This weekend was... I'm going to bring up one of the most... Con- well, there's a controversial topic... And it's in not, education? Since when? <laughs> well, it's in society, but it's not Gay Pride Weekend in San Diego, which was just celebrated, which was very good. But uh, this was the 60th and final show for The Grateful Dead. Oh, wow. Uh, this weekend up in San Francisco. They had two nights. Uh, and I bring this up because there are some people that are deadheads and some people that are not. And mm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to give you one guess. <laughs> and I'm gonna let me. I'm gonna let our listeners know Rob falls squarely in the not category. However, Very true. And I, and and growing up, not a big Deadhead fan. Even as there were uh, 
kids at college I went, you know, in 85, that was the big resurgence. And there were kids that were going up all around California following them. But the reason I bring them up, Birdwalk Man, is, <laughs> you know, there are so many bootlegs, so many renditions of so many of their songs. And the whole, uh, the magic of what they did for 60 years uh, that created the community of what everybody that was part of it felt they were part of it. Right. Yeah. That that strength of connection, that the 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 magic of the moment of music. Computers can't do that yet. And that's where. No, but ChatGPT is not trying to do that. Right. True. But I think that's part of the fear is like that the computers are going to replace us. Computers are not going to replace us. You know that uh, uh, since 1972. Worker performance or worker efficiency has increased 64%. Worker wages increased 17%. So there's a, you know, nearly 50% (laughs) gap of somebody's getting a lot of money. And we also have a lot more billionaires today than we did in the 70s. But, you know, the point of this is technology improves efficiency. Technology improves effectiveness. It can. It It offers that opportunity. Right. But it, it does not replace creative thinking. Uh, Newton didn't need a computer to do the math, you know, whether it was him or uh, Leibniz, the calculus. It's an old math. You're a math teacher. I well, there was a there was a you know the the question of who created calculus. The the fact is they did it without computers, right? Yeah. yeah. Einstein did it all without computers. So uh, the Romans built Rome without computers. But doesn't that get exactly to the point then? The, the, what are we so afraid of? Because it's unknown. We we have embraced computers. Even yep. non-tech savvy people have to deal with them on a regular basis. And isn't this just another tool? Because I, I'm going to focus specifically on ChatGPT rather than the the broader topic of AI, because that that gets into a future war and when it you know Skynet and it becomes self aware <laughs> and right. Um, uh, Sarah Connor and all these references. Come with me if you want to live. We will make make lots of references to the works of James Cameron over this podcast. But uh, ChatGPT in particular, the the goal of it really is to approximate human writing. And so that's where the fear comes into, okay, well, if you can approximate human writing, and it sounds pretty good, and it scoured the entire... Uh, n- known information landscape right. and has now distilled this down for you in your country, Rob Copo, when you put in a question, the question is, do we need to write anymore? And I had a meeting with my team last year and we were talking about the future of education. We brought this up and one of the AP says, well, writing's done. No one's ever going to write again because why would you? Mm-hmm. Uh, and as a writer myself, I'm like, slow your roll there. Right. We can't end writing, and I don't think ChatGPT is it's going to end writing. Correct. Right. It, 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 and it just like when they create it for music, it won't. It, computers and synthesizers didn't end music. It just changed it. Rock Band did not slow Foo Fighters down for a second. You right. know what I mean? Like when Apple puts out, uh, not Rock Band, uh, okay. Garage Band, excuse me. The Garage Band software that Apple put out, everyone's like, well, you can just make your own music now. Right. You can, 
or you can continue to be Taylor Swift and, and Foo Fighters and whatever other bands out there doing their own music. Just because a program can do it, do, uh, can do that, doesn't mean that we don't do anything. We just throw up our hands. So that's it. Art's over. Well, this is the thing. I mean, Brian Eno was rock or garage band for Roxy Music at the turn of the 70s. Mm-hmm. He didn't play an instrument. He was the enzyme. He was this yeah. magic X factor that has that Bowie used through the German phase and the U2 God. And I mean, he continues to be an innovator because he is artistic and he and he basically created ambient music. And we have a shared love of yes, we do. Uh, his first I, album in particular. Well, I pretty much listen to him all day at work because it's a way to keep my head in a productive space during the day. Um, music for airports. Mm-hmm. Music type. for films as well is a great album. The first one was music for airports. Oh, okay. <laughs> Nerd alert. <laughs> is it nerdy? Brian Eno is not nerdy. Brian Eno is amazing. <laughs> well said. I I'm not going to agree with disagree with you there. So, um, but again. The point is, he didn't play an instrument, and people, you know, were like, "Why? Why is he in the band? Like, what is it that he does?" And he was just over messing with knobs and changing the yeah. the tones and the sounds and that created Roxy Music and you know music for the last forty years for us. Yeah. Um, but there's legitimate fear out there because you've got, in particular, English teachers cheating. But really, any most teachers right now are required to have writing as part of their curriculum. This was a huge move in you know, the late 90s, early 2000s, where every subject doesn't matter. Right. Know, biology, math, uh, social science, English, PE, didn't matter what the subject was. You need to be teaching writing. I went to multiple conferences on this. And we had the district writing assessment for years. Exactly. Where t- you know, all right. the t- I mean, we literally had every teacher in the district grading essays that kids had written. Right, because it's a fundamental skill. You've got to be able to write well. We've got to be able to read, comprehend, and write well. And so there's a legitimate fear about ChatGPT because you still have to be able to read whatever it spits out and have to know, have the ability to type a question into it. But once it spits it out, it's doing that thinking for you. But you also have to be able to discern, at least right now, ChatGPT has false flags and and, uh, misinformation or lacking... So if it's going out and getting the, the breadth of information, it has misinformation in it. Um, it has to. Right. And I think the real, the, the, the factor that English teachers very quickly and staffs and districts will very, it, it won't take long. And most seasoned veteran English teachers already know writing is a process. Yeah. And, you know, you're going to have drafts and you're going to have outlines and, and there's no, and, and, and I mean, Myself, I always, as an English teacher, required the outline be included. I want to see that first. So the idea that someone's just going to turn in something ChatGPT as the project is, you know, that's a non-starter. It's not even like anything I'd worry about as a as an English teacher. Um, in in relationship to this writing assignment, however. That said, we've used Turnitin.com, which is an incredible uh, tool mm-hmm. for checking for cheating or people, uh, whether it's other essays that have been already been turned in or things on the internet. And it literally highlights and gives you a percentage of how much of the paper is original. 
usually kids that are going to be just copy pasting stuff do way more than just a little fraction of it. Yeah. Um, so it's easy to see and undeniable and, uh, but you know, haters going to hate cheaters going to cheat and whether, you know, people cheated in the eighties, in the seventies and, and people cheat today. And there are ways around it, as you're saying. I mean, uh, I got an email uh, last year, incoming eighth grade parent was like, had just learned about it and said, right. oh, oh my gosh, what are you doing about chat GPT? And this is, you know, yet another thing we're dealing with in education. Thank you all of you technology creators for, for your Throwing cell phones this. and your apps and your TikToks <laughs> and your chat GPT. Let's just keep throwing flaming uh, chainsaws at teachers <laughs> and expecting them to adapt. Um, and so she's like, what are you doing? And, uh, you know, I hadn't spent at that time, I hadn't spent a lot of time thinking about it, but cheating's been part of the educational world for you know, certainly since forever. I mean, even before the internet, yeah, I knew Shakespeare people who wrote had a- papers written for them throughout college. Shakespeare wrote sonnets about it. Right. Um, he did. ChatGPT. <laughs> yeah, just look it up in ChatGPT. Um, Highlight cheat. And then we get the internet, and it's like, well, all these papers are online, so you can download them. And right. so you get things like turnit.com. And even ChatGPT has its own, you can check to see if it was generated by ChatGPT right. uh, or not. Uh, actually, I don't know if that's through ChatGPT, but there are other applications where you can feed it through there to see if it's ChatGPT. But the most fundamental thing is to have that work done in class with the qualified teacher who can help them through and you can see the student uh, working. Right. That's the easiest piece. And in the last podcast, we talked a little bit uh, about flipped learning. There's another motivation for that flipped learning. Do the direct instruction at home where they're not doing the work, then they come to class and you're working with them as they're doing the work. Correct. Really easy way to work around ChatGPT. And also doing, you know, I mean, Bobby Coy was famous uh, for his weekly uh, hour, 50-minute writing assessment for Mm -hmm. this AP class where, I mean, he he was a marathon runner and so he was used to running miles and miles and miles and miles and he had his kids write miles and miles and miles (laughs) to prepare for that final AP test. Yeah, and now that's easy for us to say for high school. Right. Uh, but college, I know, is a very different animal. You're not going to have 300 uh, uh, college students. Write. I mean, yes, they are doing that at times, writing their essays in class in the old blue books and that sort of thing. But it is a slightly different environment. You do expect writing to happen outside of the classroom and then... But then again, you're also looking at college-level writing where you've got footnotes or endnotes or, you know, um, just all the additional support showing where, you know, what came from where. And you also have the, the heavy hammer of, you know, cheating at a college level. You're walked out and fail the class and lose the money and, yeah. you know, academic probation and what have you. So and, the and stakes that- are high. Yeah, and, and that reminds me of my college days when I, I, I was very lucky to get into college at all, let alone the college I got into. <laughs> and I remember you know, going and some of the other, uh, I guess I can't call them kids, but the other 
students, my roommates and stuff are like, you know, ditching classes and missing and all that sort of thing. And they're like, do you want to go do this? I'm like, no, I'm going to class. A, it's expensive. Right. B, I'm lucky to be here. And, I, and, and C, I really want the knowledge. Like, I don't understand why you guys see this as checking the box and you want to ditch out on this class. Like, I wanted to go. At the same time, there are requirements, just as there are in high school requirements in college, where you've got to take. Like I had to take. This is crazy. I was in uh, Tisch School of the Arts. We only had to Physics. take. We had to take one math or science class as part of our major in the four <laughs> years. So I took human evolution and prehistory. Um, looked like I could handle that one, and uh, but you know it's this check the box. You have to do this one requirement. So right. I'm majoring in film at the time. That's my focus: film and theater. And uh, so I'm not going to put a lot of effort into this class. So I'm going to cut corners, right? Um, and lots of students are going to do this. This is the one I, I want to be a doctor. So I really want to focus on my math and science classes. Right. You're going to make me take this one writing class. Okay. Well, and, you know, understandably, uh, whether it's a liberal arts college or a university engineering program, you know, I don't want a doctor that doesn't understand some element of the humanities or, you know, because that is beyond just writing a poem it's also about the human condition you know and i think that we're people not robots so uh, for sure you don't want that but you've got one now <laughs> i guarantee you <laughs> look I've one of some... the many doctors you see on a regular basis is not a huge literature fan right 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 so right. i what i'm referencing is you're going to find that shortcut yep and I think we have to accept that to a certain extent. Otherwise, we're just going to like stomp our feet and, and, and pound our hands and, and say it shouldn't be this way. Well, people shouldn't drive 100 miles an hour on the freeway when I'm you know, stuck in traffic either, but that happens too. Uh, <clears throat> and you go to Twitter to see the fail videos uh, of the result of that. Oh, that's the second reference of Twitter. It should be the last <laughs> reference to Twitter in this podcast this season. Um, I'm not, so, but I'm the, not the, on threads yet. The cheating fear... Uh, of course, beyond the Terminators coming over to uh, extinguish all humanity. Um, <laughs> cheating is the number one fear of teachers. Uh, and I think we've kind of talked a little bit about how to combat it, but I think that fear is still real. And I think it's something as I'm really thinking about going into the school year, what I've got to address with my staff. I don't know that, you know, you, you, what you said was cheating is the number one fear of teachers. I don't know that that would be the number one fear. I think there are a lot of teachers that are the number one fear is, what the heck is ChatGPT and how do you use it? Like, I mean, mm. it's just the complete unknown of it totally. You mean they don't know that it stands for a generative pre-trained transformer? <laughs> I love a good acronym. And yes, I just looked at my notes. I did not have that at the tip of my tongue. <laughs> Plan, not can. <laughs> yes. Scuba, not on mic. Self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. Well, everybody knows that What one. about laser? Uh, oh, I, I used to know this Light one. Light applied. Light amplified? That's awesome. Light applied. Light. Yeah. Okay. What about Q-tip? He's just going to start naming stuff, Brick? <laughs> I like carpet. Okay. Um, wait, a, before we move on, I mm -hmm. have something important. All right. Uh, we have a district student from San Diego Academy named Landon Block mm. who wrote... A San Diego Tribune AI opinion piece that was published in the uh, Tribune June nineteenth, twenty twenty three, and uh, and he talked about AI and why it's helped him in school. Yeah, that uh, and he and and he he mentions that 
he it's it, it, cheaters are going to cheat, but that that's not why kids are using it. They're using yes. it for synopsis. Right. They're using it to get concise explanations. And he brought up something that I hadn't even thought about was the tutoring piece. I mean, there is a phenomenal opportunity to, to, to get this, you know, if you don't understand some aspect of photosynthesis or what have you, that it could be explained in a way uh, with a brevity and a clarity that might help. But the truth is, Khan Academy, I mean, Bill Gates invested tens of millions of dollars yeah for and 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 Khan Academy has expanded unbelievably in the last 10 years you know do are we afraid of that are we thinking that because someone writes transcribes that and tries to turn it in as their answer I mean um so I just appreciated Landon's article I think it was uh, you know spot on um and and he does mention like it's a, a, almost like a he didn't use the term spark notes for everything you need but when you have to understand something quickly as a synopsis that that's available sure you want to do all the reading but college can get heavy yeah and i i think we've we've got to make sure that we do focus on this as a tool right it's like the internet uh, in its early stages uh, and yes there's going to be some uh, some fear but what can it do? And teachers are already finding that. They're already finding out that ChatGPT, in particular, can give you multiple versions of tests. Like right. I've heard this time and time again. Can't give out a test, or it's, it's I want to combat cheating in my classroom. I've got to do five or six versions of my test that takes hours. Well, ChatGPT is going to do it for you in seconds. Right. You can have multiple versions because you're feeding that stuff in and have it reorder things. Mm-hmm. And now there are, and now you have to worry about. Now, you've got to have all those answer keys, but it'll create those too. Right. And lots of teachers are using it already for lesson planning, finding creative ways to uh, uh, create assignments for students because we, if you've been doing this 20 you know, plus years, students have changed. And if the professional development has not kept up with it, right. I guarantee you we have not done enough professional development for my staff right now to make sure they're updated, even though... Every year I do the state of our Falcons during my vision presentation. But again, that's 10 minutes of a you know 90-minute presentation on what's changed with teenagers. So this gives teachers a tool to better tailor their instruction to fit the current needs of students and to help their own individualized learning as they're trying to uh, develop professionally. So I, I hope we don't see this as the Terminator coming for Sarah Connor uh, and more as the internet initially, where it's going to have problems, but there's a lot of benefit here. So let's try to whittle this down to what we really need and can use. And and I don't I don't mean to sound like an old man, but I remember when email started getting used at school, and because yeah. there was time before emails, and um, and there were there was a percentage of people that refused to answer them, refused to use it for years. Um, no different than the change in software. With a grade machine and grading tests, or or or, or using it for access for parent a parent portal where yeah. the district started hosting Aries uh, uh, rather than use the county program and but but at every turn and, you know I think back to um, uh, the the one of the educational futurists and and the start with why where he talks about this um, oh gosh this is the plan not can because I did not plan. Stop staring at 
You're like my mother. You have one job, and it's to talk. <laughs> one job. Is laughing talk. It kind of counts, but now I'm going to have to take over. What? No, it was... It's a good uh, thing we have a co-host. Oh, I know it. It's the, it's the bell curve of adoption of new concepts. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like when, uh, when they... Uh, iPhone came out. There were people that were waited for two days and at the Apple store to get the thing, and there are other people. Twenty years later, they're still using a rotary phone. Right. Right. Yeah. So, and in between, you know, how do you get over that chasm? We've talked about that before, but um, with and it's, the, and it's become a lot more difficult because, as we, I was joking earlier, it's moving so much faster, exponentially faster. Eight months. That mm-hmm. you know, that technology doubles. Every, you know, I saw some, you know, I don't know what exactly even that means. However, eight months from now, there is going to be, well, there's already an iPhone 14 and it's stressful. I I mean, that's why I wanted to talk about this because it's stressful for teachers, stressful for students. And parents. Right. Our our teachers are worried about the cheating. Our kids are worried that it's going to eliminate jobs because we've sold them on the... You know, you need to use your brain, you need to create, like, whether it's a legal job, whether it's journalism. My son is uh, majoring in journalism right now. Right. Uh, and ChatGPT and AI is being used to replace all of those. It's being used in the legal industry every day. Mm-hmm. My, um, my niece uh, works and represents clients in terms of their social media presence, and she uses it every day for every post. For uh, any social media post can now be generated very quickly through... Uh, through ChatGPT, why would you spend your time writing a caption for a post when it can do it very, very quickly? So there, all of this copy that used to be written by people is now being eliminated. And we've got students who are majoring in this in college and they're like, we the were. job market's going to dry up for them. And we're seeing that play out in the writer strike this summer. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that, that whole strike is based on producers who know, and they're right, you can pop this thing in. If you've got, you're in season 17 of Law and Order. Right. And you've got 10 writers and you've got to cut your budget. You can go down to five writers because you've got 16 seasons before of Law and Order that you can draw on in ChatGPT. It'll write those scripts for you and those are formulaic to begin with. And also the AI piece where the one of the things in the contract that they're asking for is that the actors give up their uh, uh, likeness rights so that they could be generated, yes. you know, much like the Terminator has mm-hmm. been. Schwarzenegger's been uh, computer generated in a way. And Harrison Ford in Raiders of the Lost, this new Raiders, I mean, it's 80-year-old action man. But they've changed him to make him younger. I, I understand. I haven't right. seen it yet. Well, I, I'm one of four people I think I saw The Flash in theaters. <laughs> um, and there's not to, you know, spoiler alert for all of the people who are dying to see The Flash. Uh, but there, the end of that movie deals with this multiverse where you've got images of George Reeves and right. Christopher Reeve, you know, early Superman uh, actors. Uh, and they're back in this movie. Nicolas Cage as Superman, who was never in a Superman movie and is not in this movie except for his image. Like, so that's going to l- live on in in perpetuity. And what was it? Uh, the Super Bowl had that ad with um, I think it was uh, Fred Astaire dancing with a vacuum cleaner or something like that. Like, this is becoming a a, a critical piece of the entertainment industry, and why kids are worried about jobs is uh, because. 
like the automa- uh, automotive industry right. or any factory right. that got automated years ago, yep. that eliminated jobs. And suddenly Hollywood and our students who are now deep into a four-year degree are going, hey, wait a minute. They're experiencing the same thing a lot of people experienced during the initial uh, Industrial Revolution and the automation in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Well, I, I remember the last guy that uh, I grew up in an industrial, there was a giant brake plant in the, in the city I grew up in, Metro Detroit. And Larry, a friend of mine, was one of the last people I knew that got a job in, a, in an assembly line. You know, because wow, they yeah, were, yeah. it was all being, uh, Saturn came in, um, uh, which was one of the first robotic, you know, robotics-based uh, production assembly line where they were much more you know from the start they built the plant yeah. to have the robots in there to begin with but, but we are not doing ai and we're not doing robots we're doing chat gpt yeah we tried not to but we're definitely doing it but yeah in terms of you're doing it right you now. know chat gpt i you know i i had i, I tried it briefly this summer because i've been very scared of it as well I grew up in a house that worshipped literature. My dad was a huge Hemingway and Fitzgerald fan. He was a, a writer um, and worked in the legal field. And he was a, a trial attorney for 50 years and prided himself in his writing and was known for it. And when he would hire associates, that was the first. He would even ask in, um, in interviews, what book are you reading right now? And if they oh. couldn't answer, next candidate. You know, or right. you know, if it was a book that just did not... You know, in, <laughs> interest him at all? It was like you know, I, I don't know, like the seven habits of effective leaders. If we go next, like, are you reading something that doesn't seem like an interview answer? Right, right, right. Um, so I, that was the environment I grew in. So I, you know, I'm writing now, and that part of what I love about the podcast, even as you say, plan uh, or can or plan not canned. You know, we plan these as sort of scripted improv, but that research and the writing part of it is a lot of fun. Yep, to write these these prompts. I see. I see more upswing. You know, there's always challenges. There's always um, things that are you know issues with. It. There is no. I mean, whether you go to the medical field and look at uh, uh, different advances in surgery techniques or whatever. I, I'm sure doctors get afraid of it, or, or or nurses get afraid. Yeah. But I think in the end, that that the support it offers students and teachers and 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 parents. Uh, the the fact that it's around the clock seven twenty four or the tutoring aspect, you know, again, it's another opportunity to understand, and I think that's where, you know, what is education about? We, we talked a lot last last episode about the fact that it's not somebody up in the front trying to fill the, all the buckets of the kids' heads with facts. The right, facts are right. all over the place. We don't, yes. you know, that we've got too many facts. The question is, how do we think? How do we use the facts? How do we advance up that that uh, scale to get into synthesizing and putting together disparate facts? I mean, what makes something funny usually is you take two things that don't go together and put them together. That's going to make something funny, mm-hmm. and and the ability to do that well, the ability to to present it well, those are things that ChatGPT can't do, right? I mean, it can give you a list, but what are you going to do with the list? And, and any teacher today that's asking, you know, give me a list of five things that, you know, five reasons somebody has a dog isn't really thinking about the bigger picture of what education is about. Right. I was thinking about one of my all-time favorite books is 1984. 
And, you know, one of the questions, uh, one of the projects every year before the information age, we had no internet, we only had the World Book Encyclopedia right. or, or uh, whatever resources we had at home. And it was, what are the modern parallels uh, in 1984? Like, w what things are we seeing? That, in that era, was a good question because we had to go try to find that out. Right. Now I can put that in ChatGPT. Right. So in, instead of just asking the what, we can talk why. about the why. Yep. Exactly. So it's, it can actually help us get a little deeper rather than just me listing, oh, having a surveillance camera at the bank is just like Big Brother. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, that was not the deepest question. Which is also what the changes in the frameworks that the state has done mm -hmm. and, 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 and a lot of people uh, that don't understand that the, there's basically three levels but that highest level where they want at least 25% of the kids to be at, or they want 100%, but, but the expectation of at least 25, where you're really synthesizing and analyzing and coming up with the, to, to create new understanding. Right. Um, you know, to what effect in order to solve the problems we've got? Because there are a lot of problems. You know, it's 152 degrees in Tehran right now. What? It's a allow myself to repeat myself. It's a hundred and fifty two degrees in Tehran at the airport. In the uh, it's it's not it's like uh, the, with the heat index. Like I don't know if that it, I don't know that there's much humidity in the. There wasn't a lot of humidity, but the point is the, the there has been the nine the previous nine days have been the hottest days on record for a hundred thousand years. The the globe is heating. I'm aware of that. That's a different topic? It's not in the sense that we've got to figure out how to solve it. Okay. And kids that are able to think deeper than, oh, a camera at a bank is like a camera at a book. We need to solve some problems. Yeah. Big problems. Yeah. And we don't have a lot of time to do it because the glaciers are melting and the bears don't have food. You know, that that's actually a, a really good point. Wait, because say that again? That's actually a really good point. Yes, everyone uh, keeping score at home, please write this down. That's one yeah. <laughs> for season one and two. I got one on the board. Don got me to say that's a really good point. <laughs> two times. Uh, and now I've completely forgotten my point that I was going to highlight. It was, no, it, it's a good point because you were talking about the, the, uh, the, the rate, the speed with which technology is, is multiplying the uh, access to information we've got has created this new expectation that we all know this. I just talked to my team about, by the way, now we're going to be faced with, just like teachers, uh, parents at home popping in, like, you know, I popped in the other day, how to uh, prevent students from vaping in the restrooms. Mm. And it came, uh, and so it came up with a whole bunch of suggestions, you know, stuff we've tried, stuff we know, you know, generally it was okay. It didn't exactly solve the problem. But now when I'm meeting with a parent, they're going to be able to have done the same thing and come with that, that list. So now right, right. I've got to have an answer to everything <laughs> everywhere all at once. Wait, that's another episode of ours. <laughs> we have to once again, fix everything everywhere all at once. And so we need this tool. To be able to keep up. Right. But then I get worried that it's the snake eating its tail. Well, this uh, this is part of the challenge of teaching in the 21st century, mm -hmm. is that the teachers are afraid, The I, I think that there's an element of the teachers being afraid that the parents 
think they're not doing enough and the parents being afraid that the teachers think they're not doing enough and the kids being afraid that the parent and the teacher, that that fear is part of the dynamic that makes everybody more stressed out rather than learn more. Mm -hmm. It's just stress more, right? Right. Because we're not going to give each other the grace or as I, I really, you know, have been pushing with this podcast, the curiosity. Right. Like, let's be curious What's about, going on? is this really working, you know, what is truly best for kids and what's best for kids now may not be best for kids later. And, and what was best for kids in the 1800s right. may not be best for kids in the 21st century. So we want to keep that question going. It does relate directly to the motivation behind this podcast. And I'm glad you brought up the, that, that speed piece because we do need to keep up because we don't have time when it comes to whether it's uh, yeah, uh, uh, environmental issues that we have to deal with. Um, issues of conflict. In the 70s, know. it was called ecology. Ecology? Mm. It's environmental <laughs> issues. Ecological now. issues. Yes. Uh, so we are going to need this tool because there is so much more information out mm -hmm. there. We need to be able to get to it more quickly uh, because everything is moving uh, that much faster. And can I just take a break? Because this weekend I was listening to Sam Cooke and I was looking at the album cover and I was thinking... There was a time when we didn't have answering machines mm -hmm. on a phone. And if you didn't answer the phone, you didn't know anyone even called. And there was no microwave. And there was, <laughs> it was like, and there was a cord on the wall, so you couldn't go very far. And, and things were just so much slower. TV stopped at 2 o'clock because the flag came on and it got real fuzzy. And you right. only had four channels to pick from. And... It was the same shows, and everyone watched them, and there were only seven magazines. And I mean, th but but just the whole how much slower life was, mm -hmm. and that and and those of us that are fifty or more can remember that. And kids today are growing up in a very fast, you know, on demand. I want it Amazon. You know, I can't even wait till tomorrow. I need it between two and four today, and I'll pay two dollars extra for it. Or, it's just become, um, you know, if we let it, it can become crazy making. Well, we, I guess my point is we don't, we don't get to let it. It just is. Well, yes and no. This toothpaste is out of the tube. It, yes you know, and no. We can't, I mean, but we, we can't can, unplug. Well, we you, can't, can, you can leave your phone and go walk, you know, to the ocean. But the, but this existent, this... This reality will still be there. You can put your you can go off the grid. You can go into a yeah. cabin. You can completely disconnect from the world. The world doesn't care. The world's still going to keep doing what it's doing. So that that's what I've been thinking a lot about. Is I know we we always talk about it was better. It was slower. It well, was, I didn't. I don't know. I mean, was it better? I, I don't think. It, I'm not even saying that it was better. It it was better mentally. You know. Way because yes, we weren't you. constantly pinged by every, yeah, you know, like 100%. I didn't know that uh, Sophia Vergo and uh, and what the, the Vergara, her don't ever say her name incorrectly again. <laughs> Did I mention that it was she gay pride a, last week? She is a talented actor, and you need to show some respect. With Sophia, if you're listening, big fan, and I know you are, and we're sorry about your divorce, and. You know, why do I know that she's yeah, getting divorced? Yeah, why do you divorced? know that? I don't know that. Because I'm on Twitter. Ugh. I said, that's, no, I said no more reference to Twitter. Well, you, go. I, you asked the question. 
I told you the answer. Point taken. Point taken. Your fault. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the the point is the the inundation of information that I choose to allow come into my life or not. Mm-hmm. You know, that's part of it. The emails certainly, uh, especially for work and the twenty four seven access. Uh, but the Chat GPT. That element of having 24 7 access is a good thing because kids can use it when, you know, whether that's in the morning before they go to school or after they get off or, you know, that it's available. That's, that's good. It's not bad. No, and it, it, the the speed piece, you know, teachers have been using it for rubrics, for example. Yep. Um, it's a, that's a great thing. A great tool. So I, you know, I, it's not an existential crisis. I think the way it's it's uh, being played up. Certain Can I part- just give a shout out yeah. to rubrics? There is nothing better for students or teachers yeah. to front load. I mean, I spent so much time on my rubrics, and if there's anything a veteran teacher should, could, if you're a new teacher out there, really yeah. put some time into rubrics because. It lets kids know what they, you know, what 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 are the st- expectations? What are the measuring sticks? But Chat GPT for Rubik's would be an excellent, you know, a really yeah. Good. There's data out there that teachers are already using it for that because they're looking for that area where they can use it effectively. And I hope that we give our students some grace there too. That we can, like any tool, yeah, we can teach them how to use Chat GPT effectively. Right. When you can use it, when you shouldn't use it, because ultimately. Like you said, cheaters are going to cheat. Yep. So they will find a way, whether it was paying somebody to write their paper, like I, I knew people who did in the 80s. Yep. Um, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, I didn't pay anybody to write my papers because writing was what I wanted to do. I was right. trying to be a screenwriter at the what time. What about your math problems? Um, <laughs> fortunately, I didn't have to take a math class in college, so that was good. <laughs> um, but I wrote 15 different papers on Citizen Kane in college. So I effectively plagiarized from myself. I you know, did the so same. I, I was yeah. revamp. One was on editing. One was on cinematography. One was on the screenplay. Whatever it might be, but there were obviously elements within that. So, if you're doing the same thing with ChatGPT to put something in to kind of get a draft, an idea, and then you're working on your own voice right. in it, I, I'm I'm struggling to. If I'm really being honest, I'm struggling to see the difference. Is that bad? Yeah, right. I don't think that right. that's Is bad. it a resource? Is it a tool? If I'm just putting in, write a paper on symbolism in 1984 and then turning that in, yeah, that's that's a little bit like, you know, I um, am going to watch a workout video and wonder why I'm not losing weight. Right. You know? Right. I, I mean, again, it gets down to how do we increase understanding? How do we increase critical thinking? How do we increase communication, collaboration? all these aspects that we want kids in the 21st century to be able to go out to do jobs we don't even know what they are. We know they're not travel agent. That job's gone, yeah. right? We know there are a lot of jobs that don't exist. But 20 years from now, we don't know. And the jobs that people do have, whether it's mechanical engineer or the, the, what they're going to need to do is going to be different 20 years from now than what it is today. Software programmers, I mean, things have just changed dramatically. And what it comes down to then is motivation. Right. Because using my example, um, I was motivated to do the writing because that's what I was there for. And are you there for the less, for the education or are you there for the piece of paper? Right. I was there for the education. The, the paper was very secondary to me. And I if we can flip this script, if if our kids know why they're in high school, why they're doing work, oh, what the you, value is. Are you ready for full circle 
we go all the way back to the front of the episode and the whole question about, is this the biggest challenge or question right. facing education? Well, again, I said it's, my, it's mental health and socio-emotional, which goes into ethics and mindset. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, am, why am I here? What are we doing? Yeah. Right? And that, that is the... Because there is an existential vacuum question for the kids today. That pandemic knocked kids off their foundation. Kids are still trying to find their feet. Um, uh, and it, it In fact, the- I was just talking to... Uh, he's 40. And he's an, in, an interior designer. I had dinner with him yesterday. And he said, I just realized I've been isolating since the pandemic. I work alone. It's been three years that he's coming to this growing awareness. Like, I'm an, in, I'm an introvert by nature. And I've used this as an excuse. And I started... I was ruminating over the weekend. And I couldn't stop my mind. You know, and this is someone who's done a lot of work for himself. And, but, but the root of it being... Three years later, we're still addressing the impact and the decisions we made um, that came out of the pandemic. Yeah, you know, and 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 to that end, kids have to understand, and and parents have to create the conditions for the kid to be able to come to a place where they understand that there is a future. I mean, that was another challenge. Like, mm-hmm. is this ever going to end? Because I remember being in high school. Like Friday felt like it was going to be forever. The idea that we're going to have this pandemic go on for months and months and months was overwhelming for a lot of kids. Yeah. You know, I mean, not to mention the adults, but we knew that there would, that it was going to change. But 12 year old kids, 15 year old kids, they don't have a sense of time like we do or uh, to compare things, you know, they don't have the experience. Right. I mean, as we know, our our students are not future focused. (sighs) Right. uh, The same way we are. I mean, we're not even really great at it either. When it comes down to it, we're not always, you know, how many adults really do save for the future. Right. right. We tend to live paycheck to paycheck and get through it and we deal with today and it's hard to, it's hard to relate to our future self. Um, But that's why I don't think it's an existential crisis. I agree. I do think it's a huge topic. Like I said, we're all, a lot of educators are afraid of it and focused on it. But I don't think it's it's not going to eliminate teachers. It's not going to eliminate education. Doesn't and, and I don't think as I I was talking to the, with the team about this, like will it end knowledge? Because if you if it can only deal with what's already out there, right? And this is that snake eating the tail piece. So if I write something mm-hmm. um, based oh, on a question I right, put right, in. Right, right. And then eventually the chat GPT information takes over original thought. Have we ended knowledge? You know, yeah. do we, do we plateau with knowledge? And that's when I went, started going cross-eyed and I don't think we're there because it will just be this one tool. And there will be kids that won't, that, that will be contrarian by nature. I mean, this is why teenagers are teenagers. It's why the 50s were the 50s. And, True. you know, I yes. mean, hippies were hippies. And yeah. we're, it, that is never going to end. It's why, I mean, I remember when I was, a, I was a YMCA coach and I brought in my boom box and I put on a Motley Crue tape and this kid. Which play, one? <laughs> uh, shout out the devil. Excellent. Uh, and this kid said, dude, what's wrong with you? Your music's so old. And, you know, and it, I mean, the tape was, it was three years old, but to a 12 year old right. who, you know, they're already on to kid rock or whatever had, had come up. Hopefully not. 
<laughs> kid, kid, rock, rock, rock. I saw, actually saw him twice. He opened for Aerosmith. Oh, and, really? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know there are way better bands out there, right? <laughs> I didn't ask who was opening for Aerosmith. I went to see Aerosmith. Kid rock. Those of you listening, this is not about politics at all. It's simply about the art of music. And um, No kid rock, please. Talented musician. He ran around. Right, fair enough. Played fair enough. the drums, played the keyboards. All right, fair enough. We're um, taken. But... My the 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 other thing I've, I I want to mention because I spent eight hundred dollars on it was Dragon Speak. Dra- <laughs> I spent how many hit points did you get for that hit points? That's a, a deep D and D reference. Uh, folks, so. <laughs> oh, my octagon, <laughs> right. my dice, yeah. my die, um, my orc. Uh, but uh, you know, I think it was eight hundred dollars for the software back in late nineties, early two thousand. What was it called uh, again? Dragon Speak. Dragon Speak. But it was a transcribing software. And it might have been, no, it was 2008. It was a transcribe. It was, I actually remember, 2007, 2008. Uh, I brought this transcribing software because I wanted to speak into something and have it right. Well, first you had to train it. I mean, it was clunky. It didn't work. It, and it was expensive. And it was also something you had to add into the computer and do all that uh, software uploading, whatever. Today, just on Apple Notes, I can, or a text message, I can click a microphone and it records me. I can go to Google text and translate it into 900 languages, right? And and I think, you know, as far, or, or with Duolingo, the advances in technology for language acquisition, for language development, um, and for language, um, I don't know, the, the, that it's, it's cheaper. Yeah. A million times more powerful, more effective, and 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 that's where ChatGPT, you know, has a place. There, there, there's the 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 um, the usages, the usages, yeah, yeah. Like I'll give you an example. While you were talking, <laughs> while you were not listening, I know I was listening, but I was also working because you know it's 2023 and. Got a multitask. Multitask, right? Um, I was on Twitter the entire time. No, <laughs> I typed into watching fail videos. I typed into ChatGPT. What's the purpose of education? Ooh, and here's what it gave me: the purpose of education is multifaceted and can vary depending on cultural, historical, and societal contexts. Generally, education is seen as a means of acquiring knowledge, skills, and values that enable individuals to participate effectively in their communities and society at large. Here are some common purposes of education. Personal development, socialization, economic development, civic engagement, and cultural preservation. I like that. It's not bad. <laughs> you know, like, and you know what it doesn't say in there? The purpose of education is to get into an elite university. Yeah. Like... And, and it was a very simple question. What is the purpose of education? Yeah. Didn't say, well, I didn't, you know, I could do it. What is the purpose of high school? We can start digging down in this. But that's now got my brain going. So how is that different than when I read a book by Gene Twangy? Right. Two episodes, two references to Gene. <laughs> um, and get ideas and then talk into my phone and put notes to put it in my vision presentation. This is another tool where I pop that question in. It gave me some info. It's like being able to talk to Gene Twangy or some other expert in the field and and ask them that question, get that feedback. 
I'm not just going to cut and paste that somewhere like a high school student might with their paper, but it is now leading me to 10 other ideas. And that's what Landon Block said in right. his opinion yeah, article yeah. and right. that why AI and ChatGPT are so powerful for students because the thing you're not doing is copy pasting that and saying, here's my idea, here's my original thought. And the truth is that isn't anybody's original thought. That is a conglomeration of understanding Aristotle would have understood that. Plato would have understood that. You know, and how is that different than a textbook? When we give students a chapter in a textbook and right. say, read this, that's and information says, that's been distilled by a bunch of people. Correct. Okay, into this one piece. If you were scared before you listened to this podcast <laughs> about ChatGPT, I hope your fears are allayed. Cyberdyne Systems Model <laughs> 101. That was not a good Arnold. I'm not going to lie. I'm usually pretty good. That was not good. Was not I apologize good. to Arnold and everybody listening at home and all the Terminator geeks. That was a bad impression. Uh, but I will give a shout out. I, I never realized how Gen X Arnold, which I guess I saw him more. Would make sense. He's super Gen X. I mean, he's not Gen X. He's Boomer. But his uh, Netflix special, really, really good. He's got a brand <laughs> on Twitter. You can mm. sign up for Arnold's Pump Club. Super put Arnold's Pump Club dot com and, and no Arnold has not paid me to promote this. However, we would welcome Arnold on the uh, podcast if he hears this. Yes, Arnold, if you'd like to come on the podcast, uh, please. We know you're listening. Yeah, please email us at best for kids pod at best for kids podcast at gmail dot com. The closest I've ever I, I've come two degrees. I was over in the Gulf War and there was a CBS producer who was a. It played tennis with him and he knew him and he was also the one of the guys that helped him bring over a hundred thousand dollars worth of weightlifting equipment for the soldiers and stuff wow. but but uh his name was bob the producer anyway that was a bird walk a little bit but i think it was not related at all uh <laughs> you thought i was going to support you there for a second no i didn't no. so i i want to wrap wrap this up because it's it's been a lot of sort of conversation and rhetoric that kind of makes us go cross-eyed a little bit but ultimately i hope what we take away from this this conversation i hope you keep looking at it i hope people try it well see see its usefulness i think see its downsides we've listed out you know a lot of what chat gpt can do of course there's more that we don't know yet right i've only asked it five questions total uh but but one I, of the questions was, where are my keys? And I didn't know, which was irritating. <laughs> but the thing is, it isn't going to replace human emotion. It's not going to replace the creativity that humans have that computers don't. And it's a tool. And it's got, and it is a, an incredible uh, ability to, synops to synopsize or uh, collect and then produce a very clear bulleted uh list of what it is you want to know or understand, which is a good thing. That's not a bad thing. I agree. Just don't put your name on the top of it. <laughs> and turn it in and scratch your head when you get a zero. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, I am I've been waiting all podcast for the end. Well, it's here now. So you know what that means. What? <laughs> Next podcast? We'll be back. How did I not see that coming? How did I not see that coming? Arnold, we're here.
That's all for today's episode. If you found our conversation thought-provoking and want to know more, you can find resources and guest photos on Instagram at Best for Kids Podcast. If you'd like to join the conversation, please email us at bestforkidspodcast at gmail.com. And to help us keep this conversation going, please rate and subscribe in your podcast app of choice. But more importantly, we hope you stay curious and keep asking, what's, what's best, best for kids? kids?